0: Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph, and we are doing more Acolyte Questions uh, today. So it's an Acolyte Question episode. And uh, if you guys want to get your questions answered here on the podcast and also on YouTube, become an Acolyte member that is at csjoseph.life forward slash members or csjoseph.life forward slash portal. Make sure you're already a journeyman member. Uh, if you're not go, go there and become a journeyman member, then just upgrade your account from Acolyte from there. If you have any questions about how to do that, or if you get lost, go ahead and send an email to open a ticket at support, uh, with with support at csjoseph.life. So just email support at csjoseph.life. You'll have a ticket open for you. All right. So today's question, uh, So uh, I'll, I'll read you the entire question. So, hey, hey, I opted to ask a question that I'm sure a lot of people care about and that could change my headspace. This is an ENTP asking this question, by the way. Generally, people believe that any typology systems are pseudoscience, nonsense, inaccurate, so on. I personally believe that this idea falls into the myth that everybody is unique and special or equal. But besides that, this is context that will make you empathize with the main question. What is the proof that the typing system you teach is accurate, realistic, and truthful, that people actually have attributes and functions as defined by their type? A lot of evidence I see is anecdotal. I wonder if there is more. I'd like to clarify that I believe in its accuracy myself as I am here. Thank you. So basically, uh, what's the proof that uh, Jungian analytical psychology is accurate, realistic, truthful, etc.? Well, uh, the first the first piece of actual empirical evidence of it that we actually have comes from Dr. Dario Nardi. And if you haven't read the Neuroscience of Personality or his other books or have become familiar with his work, then you don't understand that his entire purpose or his entire platform, all of his work, uh, his life's work basically, is... Uh, merging this so-called pseudoscience with empiricism. And he's actually the first person who has been able to concretely prove in an empirical way through his you know, brain scanning methodologies that uh, brains react based on certain situations, uh, based on engaging with specific cognitive functions. That's basically where it is. And then if you are to take Dr. Dario Nardi's work and combine it with the type grid, you have something even more powerful because there's a lot less risk of uh, mistyping when it comes to people being brain scanned, which will further to make the which would further uh, increase the integrity of the data that he's collecting. For all of you out there who like to claim to be empiricists, even though you're actually just armchair psychologists or armchair uh, data science people, but whatever, it is what it is. The point is, is that like. Really, if you really want to make the argument about empiricism and data collection and whatnot, and how can you concretely prove this, you really need to look to Dr. Dario Nardi. Uh, but outside of Dar- Dario, uh, you should probably consider also Plato and Plato's Republic, where he spoke about the temperaments. Like people from ancient times have been talking about uh, this form of psychology even since then. And then you have uh, Carl Jung, who made his observations. Uh, And then like, I don't know, he became famous as a result, just like Freud did. But the thing, you know, if we if we're always like focusing on the how something is done and not the why, it's very easy to say something is pseudoscience when you're not really looking at the why. And the other thing is, too, is that to me, Jungian analytical psychology is completely self-evident. Of course it is because I share a bunch of anecdotal evidence. And it's funny because most people assume anecdotal evidence is no evidence at all. You'd also, you, you would often hear this from the empiricists who, who claim that anecdotes is just another logical fallacy. But it's not. It really isn't. Uh, and the reason why is is because, like for example, STPs out there, they will not even change their own thinking uh, or even agree with somebody unless they actually concretely see that someone has benefited or has life experience relating to the claim that they're making. So we have to have anecdotal evidence around because the most alpha of the types, the STPs, uh, who usually used to be like warlords you know back in the day uh when it was a very anarchical approach to society that we live in uh in order to convince them you would have to have actual life experience and anecdotal evidence to back up what you're saying otherwise they would just completely dismiss you and potentially even kill you or cut off your head right then and there so please be aware of that okay so this whole idea this whole idea that anecdotal evidence is always a logical fallacy—it's technically false because that's not how the real world actually, real world actually works. So you might want to bring that up in your arguments to those little TE parents that are annoying you, Mr. ENTP question uh, asker, uh, because uh, they really don't know what they're talking. It's kind of like someone saying well, I can't, I can't see God, so God does, must not exist. And it's like, okay, yeah, here's the thing though. People couldn't see germs either, but we found out that they exist. And people didn't start really caring about that until like one doctor would deliver a baby in the morning and then he wouldn't wash his hands and then he'd keep delivering babies throughout all the day and then all those mothers would die. You see what I'm saying? And that became a, a problem. That became a huge problem over time. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden doctors realize we should probably be washing our hands. And then through washing our hands, all of a sudden the death stopped just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's there. And the other thing is, is like, when it comes to using analytical psychology or when it comes to the type grid, just use it yourself. Devote yourself to learning how to use it is just a skill, right? And then eventually you'll understand, you'll start to see the patterns. Now, it's kind of hard for wayfarers to see that because they're expert at sensing, they lack the NE, and they also lack the TI logic as well. And, you know, because let's be honest, the type grid is a very abstract uh, calculus-based array. And that can make things very difficult uh, for people because a lot of people, their minds just don't work in calculus-based array because they either lack the TI. I mean, calculus is mostly logic. It's mostly based on deductive thinking and not actually inductive uh, thinking, although most people assume it's inductive because of how vectors are used uh, to get into the various arrays, and that is where the induction is. But the arrays themselves fundamentally are deductive reasoning. So Wayfarer types, and they're usually the ones who are complaining about pseudoscience and logical fallacies to begin with, Um, that's not to say that, uh, philosophers do, but eventually if you can turn on the extroverted intuition of a philosopher to the patterns that are actually presented within the type grid, then all of a sudden they'll start, like they'll stop arguing with you and and then actually start experimenting with it on their own and creating their own anecdotes of their use of the science itself. So, but eventually it's not really going to matter because uh, UCHA and then any application that spawned off UCHA with all of its data collection, we're going to be able to see what the data shows with people's behaviors over time. And we'll make that data available uh, to people over time. And then because we're not statistically relevant there yet, we have to get above 100,000 participants and we're just not there yet. Uh, but when we do, uh, we'll become statistically relevant and imagine all of the studies and all the ways we get to play with the data and then especially if we're going to mix it with Dr. Dario Nardi's work at the same time, still talking to him about that. With him uh, collaborating directly with us and us collaborating with him and making all that data available, we will be able to bridge the gap between the so-called pseudoscience and empiricism. So as a result, uh, we will we will have that we will have that answer and we will be able to concretely prove that it's actually really a true thing so just let the software in ucha develop over time eventually you all will see what i'm getting at and realize that oh yeah here's here's actually the proof because there is actual statistical patterns that are being representative within all of the users of this application and if it was, and if this was completely fake and not actually really a science, then it would just be pure chaos and there would be no pattern. But the fact that there is a pattern is itself the reason as to why the science exists. Literally, that is why Myers-Briggs type indicator, Jungian analytical psychology, this whole time is pseudoscience, it's because it is incomplete. But I think between myself and Dr. Dario Nardi, him and I working together, I think we can finally complete the science and uh, we'll be able to do that with Ucha and all the participants of this uh, great community uh, to be able to get uh, those empirics and make them available to everyone. So I very much look forward to that and we'll continue to work uh, to that end. So anyway, hopefully that answers uh, your question. Uh, So uh, thanks for watching and listening, folks. And uh, I'll see you guys tonight. and